Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. Reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. Boom! What's going on, everybody? This is Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm rubbing them, creeping it real. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, we're not supposed to address it. Okay, all right. So, gonna... uh, <laughs> so we have a super special uh, episode uh, tonight. If anybody is keeping up with U.S. Arc, which everybody should, should be, be. Yeah, uh, then you know uh, that there's been a lot of uh, attention in North Carolina. Uh, this legislation happening in North Carolina. So uh, we have Phil Goss with us tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about North Carolina, what's going on down there, um, and potentially some other stuff. Um, I, I want Rob to do a lot of talking in particular tonight. I think that's going to be great. But uh, I don't want to I don't want to wait any longer since we're already running a little behind schedule. So here's the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Phil Goss. From USR. Yeah, he's not here. So I'm going to I'm going to sit in his place. Dude, I'm just saying anybody who saw Rob's post on Facebook, it was anticipating a cowboy hat and a moo moo and a moo moo from you. And <laughs> You got neither. I should probably put a hat on though. <laughs> well, man, thank I'm a little past due for a haircut these days, but hey, I'm on here. COVID. So let's do it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to to jump on and do this with us because uh, it literally stemmed from a text of like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> I know that you've got all this extra time, so we just wanted to monopolize it. Now you know how little of a life I actually have. On 30 <laughs> seconds notice, these two guys said, hey, let's do a podcast. I said, yes, I have absolutely nothing else going on, so let's do it. It's true. He, and he wanted this to be charades. He wanted there to be no audio. <laughs> no video. Yeah. It was just going to be like him holding up a map of the United States with a giant laser pointer, just like. You're charades, and you're charades with no video. I like this. Let's try okay. that. Sorry. Charades with no audio. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So let's let's kind of jump right into it. So if for anybody who's not aware of what's going on in North Carolina, um, can can you just kind of give us a, the brief synopsis, uh, and then we can go a little bit more in depth after that. Yeah. So briefly, and uh, I'll. Brief. Brief, brief for what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so we're facing a ban. That's pretty much what it comes down to. We don't know what it's going to be yet. We haven't seen a formal list. We're assuming it's going to include venomous reptiles. They may try and throw crocodilians, maybe some large constrictors on there. And it's also going to include some mammals. We'll probably So at minimum, we're probably going to see a proposed ban on venomous snakes and big cats, which Lions, tigers, it, they may include servals, bobcats. We don't know because um, we haven't seen the list yet, but that's what we're looking at. And so they're putting those two things together. They're probably thinking, ah, Tiger King, people want to ban tigers. And if we can throw big snakes on there and venomous snakes and stuff, it'll probably just get scooted right under. They could like. be. I mean, we saw a lot of that after Tiger King. Um, some yep. states are coming out with this. North Carolina is one of only three states that don't have a really heavily restricted or big cat ban yet. Mm -hmm. um, so they were probably looking at it anyway, honestly. And then, yeah, they're just going to pair it with this because we had that uh, person who uh, um, not let, a, let a, a cobra escape. And, you know, I'll, I don't know. I probably don't say enough sometimes. I probably need to start saying more. But, I mean, I went to this guy's, you know, somehow this guy had hundreds of thousands of TikTok followers, a 21-year-old guy living in his parents' basement. And I mean, anybody taking venomous snakes out in their driveway in a neighborhood to make TikTok videos, I mean, that's a problem. <laughs> anybody, any reptile person who's watching this guy and then giving this guy a follow, you're part of the problem. I mean, that's, that's simply what it comes down to. People taking cobras by themselves, especially out in driveways and communities and making TikTok or YouTube or whatever kind of videos you're making, you're, you're, you're the reason we get these things banned. It's that, it's that simple. And for anybody, if, if we're even keeping a reptile and watching this guy, I understand there may be some people who, you know, have never seen snakes or dealt with them and maybe they're sensation, sensationalized by it a bit. But I don't care if you just have a ball python and you're watching somebody play with cobras in a driveway, you're, you're part of the problem. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, and when Kevin and I when Kevin and I were first talking about this, I was like, this is literally that uh, experience that we're all we've all been talking about, where it only takes one person to be a catalyst to dealing yeah. with something a like this. A lot of people are like, oh, well, one person isn't going to ruin it for everybody. And now we're looking at <laughs> and one person who's about to ruin it for everybody. Ruin it for everybody in North Carolina. <laughs> and, like, and yeah, whoever says one person doesn't do it is absolutely clueless and never watches the news. Almost everything in the last 10 years that we've had proposed has been because of one person. One so one exactly. idiot. Anyway, oh we need, to, we need exactly. to move on from that. And it doesn't matter if it's one person or not. That's the reality. It only takes one person to get these things proposed. Yeah, of course, of course. And, um, you know, when uh, when we had spoken earlier about it, like there's already some some legislation in this person's county or whatever, because they're already facing multiple charges of, of whatever. Yeah. So there's a state law. North Carolina has a state law. I certainly it's certainly not restrictive. Um, it's actually what most reptile people would like to see. And it's what U.S. Arc usually proposes. Um, you, it's usually something a little more in depth than what the North Carolina regulation is, but essentially it punishes the bad people and it allow, allows people who are responsible to do, do what they want to do and be responsible with these animals. So, I mean, it's really only a couple paragraphs on venomous snake keeping. It says they have to be in safe, safe, secure enclosures. Um, if they get loose, you have to call immediately and then you face penalties. So this guy's actually facing 40 misdemeanors and mm-hmm. some people, you know, I, I try not to. I rarely post on social media, but sometimes I get on and read comments people are making and people are talking about a slap on the wrist. But this guy's facing, you know, 40 counts, which is, I believe, a thousand dollars potential for every count plus jail time for every count. So this guy could be spending several months and possibly paying forty thousand dollars in fines. That's a little bit more than a slap on the wrist. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, taking into consideration, though, the amount of risk that he was taking in the community, I think that it's, you know, it's kind of right in in tune with the amount of risk he was taking was the amount of, you know, potential, you know, trouble. Yeah, and some of the other stuff he was doing, like I said, I only looked at a couple screenshots. I didn't even watch any of his videos, but uh, one, he, he had a green mamba out and it was in a appeared to be a garage. There was all kinds of like old appliances stacked up on the other side of it. It was all cluttered up. And one, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be keeping most reptiles, let alone uh, snakes in a garage, you know, unless that's tightly sealed. Cause you know, most big opening garage doors are not tightly sealed. They're not escape proof. Uh, so if any animal gets out of his cage, there's no secondary containment. That's something that the North Carolina legislation could possibly use it doesn't require any type of secondary containment so you could have them in a safe secure cage in a low shed <laughs> for example <laughs> yeah. um, you, especially with venomous you, you probably want to have a little bit more than that um, but yeah there was no secondary containment on these animals and you know if, especially with something like a mom if that thing gets loose and gets under those appliances there's no safe way to recover that animal yeah. um, especially by yourself i mean you can't move furniture and watch for something as fast quick moving as a mamba despite <laughs> not that thing somewhere so uh, again you know, just, just some common sense stuff that this guy was not doing and you know he's something that someone that reptile people should not be following yeah, yeah. absolutely um yeah re- it's it's gotten out of hand really quickly <laughs> yeah honestly so the, i heard that this person had gotten bitten a couple months ago and i literally had no idea who they were um, they got bit, tagged by one of their mambas. And then um, when the spitting cobra incident happened and uh, I heard that it was the same person, I was like, what is going on right now? Like, seriously, <laughs> what is going on right now? Because this is someone who, like, I had never heard of before. Like, I had literally – I just got TikTok very recently, so I just found out about, like, people using TikTok for reptiles and stuff. And then – I don't not I was never like friends with them on Facebook and I didn't know who they were on any other social media but I was like okay what are the odds that the same person that just got tagged by their mamba is also the same person that let out and didn't report a spitting cobra like come on come on that's ridiculous like yep. just ridiculous yeah 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 oh man so um, so with this, this town hall is happening in North Carolina and it's happening in two days. Um, so, so from, from this recording, that would be what on Thursday? Yes. The, the 22nd. 22nd. Yeah. The 22nd. Yeah, Thursday at five uh, o'clock. And we actually, we posted that online. We actually posted it before the senators are going to be part of that town hall posted it. So, um, yeah. that information wasn't readily available until we put it out there. Okay. Cool. So, and it's a, it's, there's a zoom meeting so people can request uh, access to the Zoom meeting. 
um, and they can find that link to get access right from US Arc's website from the alert um, that went out. So if you're not subscribed to the newsletter, I'll make sure that I have the link in the description of the video so you can go check a that good out. way to be uh, up to date is to get a membership to us arc it's I'm true it's true let's get crazy your... it's, 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 a, imagine. it's amazing it's amazing um and while while i'm even thinking about it uh because i don't want to forget because we were talking about it earlier um amazing people here who are watching live on youtube uh you can send in super chats which is awesome uh, so we're going to take a portion of whatever super chats we get tonight and donate it directly to us arc. So the more you guys, uh, send in for super chats, the more we can do for us arc. So I'm not saying give us your money, but give us your fucking money guys. <laughs> <laughs> and real, real quickly. Yeah. If you post that link, so all people need to do it honestly takes less than 10 seconds. Get on. All you do is put in your name and your email address, and then they will email you a link to access that zoom meeting. And for people who haven't been on Zoom, which I don't know who hasn't been in the last two years with with COVID going on, but it's just like this. It's just like what you're looking at now. You dial in. It just shows some people on video talking. Um, and I'm at this town hall meeting. I'm assuming how it's going to go. You know, you've got three people who want want a ban. Unfortunately, you know, you got a city council person from Raleigh, and then you've got two North Carolina senators, and these are three people that want a ban. So I assume we're going to hear some you know, pro band stuff. That's what probably how the town hall is going to start off. And it's not, it's likely not going to be like any type of hearing um, that people have attended before. There may be some questions that you can ask these three people that are on there and they may have one or two experts, which I'm assuming is either going to be an animal rights person or obviously someone else who supports this band. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, uh, the reason it's important to tune in, this isn't going to be something that's probably going to change any of their minds, but at least we'll hear what they're saying and we're going to know what their arguments are for this. Um, Raleigh is probably going to propose something next month, probably their first city council meeting coming up in August. So if you live in Raleigh, <laughs> you really will, we'll put an alert out. We haven't put one out specifically for Raleigh yet, but I mean, it's super easy. Just get on the Raleigh government page. It has a city council members. It even shows the districts that they're broken down into for the eight council members. And just go and make an appointment with your council member and tell them that, you know, reptile peoples aren't, aren't crazy. And we've got talking points and everything already on the U.S. ARC page. But again, my point was it's super easy to sign up for this Zoom. Um, if you're a reptile person in North Carolina and especially Raleigh, um, get on there and, and see what they're saying and what their arguments are going to be. Absolutely. Sure. I, I think it's super important that uh, that <clears throat> you're there and, and attending to, to just be in the in the know. You know, I mean. You know, I uh, I'm I'm this is, of course, you know, like I was saying to you, Phil, you know, I'm going to be moving down to North Carolina. So it's like wonderful. As soon as I'm about to make that move, it becomes a freaking shit show. So <laughs> it's frustrating. Um, but yeah, so be, definitely being in the know and, and uh, as much knowledge as you can get for yourself just to be appropriately informed, because, of course, people you know, get little tidbits of information and they're like, Oh, you know, this is terrible. Cause blah, 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 blah. Um, but I want to give a, a shout out to everybody really quick. That is, uh, throwing in some super chats. We appreciate uh, it. Jerry from, uh, from Canada, uh, Randy, rich Crowley, uh, his first super chat to support us arc. Um, Thanks everybody. Pythons and Jay Muller. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. Um, Jeff and Kendra. We appreciate you. Yes, most definitely. Um, yeah, so definitely very, very important to just be in the know. Do do your best to educate yourself. Um, you know, there's there's enough drama and misinformation that's get that gets spread around this kind of stuff. So, um, and it's important to show up, people. Show up exactly. to these meetings. It is so important that we have people who are making their voice heard at these meetings. If Guys, possible, you, you you have to listen to Rob on this. I, I don't even. I'll just shoot a number out there. I would say that there is 99.69% more griping and complaining on Facebook than there is people taking action on these yep. things. Yep. I, I've seen it time and time again. Um, I'm going to be talking at Florida here next month at the Daytona National Reptile Breeders Expo. We put out an alert. We'll see this was two years ago. It was one of those simple alerts where all you put in is your name and email and it fires letters off to all the legislators. <laughs> we had less than 200 people do that thing. I mean, it's just, wow. and then people wonder why stuff passes. But then on the opposite end of that in South Carolina, just this year, just a few weeks ago, we stopped a venomous reptile ban 
And that was the, the legislators there said they were getting more comments from reptile people than they were on a gun bill that was proposed. So when you wow, get more, that's huge. Yeah, when you get, when you get more people voicing opposition for reptile stuff than you do gun rights, um, you know, that's, that's a pretty big deal. And that's how we stopped that bill. I mean, obviously U S arc was doing work too. And this was, we may see something like this in North Carolina this year because it's at the end of their legislative session. But the way it went down in South Carolina, there was like two weeks, actually less than two weeks. They totally stripped two bills that had almost gone through the whole process and added a venomous reptile ban on them. And we stopped the same bill three times in three days, um, which was just it was just crazy. And then it got it was supposed to go to some special session and they never took it up. And then the legislative session uh, died. Um, so we may see something like that coming up here in the next week or two in North Carolina. Otherwise, this session is going to end and we'll see the bill proposed in you know next January. Yeah. And and people need to I mean, it's not something that's generally or widely talked about in the reptile hobby about the the schedule of these sessions and how they have a certain amount of time that they they get to push these sort of things through. And if they don't get enough momentum for it right away, then it, it gets pushed off to the next session and it can die between this session and the next session or they could rewrite it in a different way, hook it up with something else and then try to push that through. And so it's super important for people to pay attention to what's going on, um, especially with it being the end of the session for places like North Carolina. Uh, we could really make a statement and kind of kill it or nix it if we show up and put the numbers in. Yeah, it would move hot and heavy if it came up this session because it's too late to introduce a new bill. So it would have to be similar to what South Carolina did. They would have to make an amendment yeah. on some bill that's already you know, partly or almost all the way through the process in order yeah. to get it to pass this session. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, that that they're inclined to do that with how much attention nationwide this this has gotten? I know that the two legislators are going to be speaking on Thursday or if it's at, a po- at all possible, they're going to try and make it happen. Yes. Yeah, I, I knew it. They're going to I knew they're going to try and push it through without having any sort of, uh, you know, comment or any opportunity for people to voice their opposition to this. And that is the sneaky crap that is like it's so common nowadays dude it drives me insane it literally drives me crazy (laughs) something i always say when we get into politics is i always tell people everything bad you've ever heard about a politician is true and you know the reason the reason these two politicians are doing this um well i mean it's attention that's what politicians get i mean they need attention they need to say hey i sponsored this bill and this bill passed that's how they keep their jobs you know they want to talk about the bills that they were their sponsors or co-sponsors on and that those bills pass because if they're not passing bills they're not doing their jobs um so they don't really necessarily care what the bill is or what it's about it's if they can get their name on it um that that's that's what matters to them so unfortunately that's that's the reality of of politics yeah could you imagine like a hundred years ago, they're like, yeah, so I pride myself on making more laws to take more, uh, you know, more of your freedoms away. And everyone's like, yeah, we, I'm so proud. Thank you for taking away more of our freedom. I appreciate that so much. Look at you. Dude, that drives me insane. It drives me so crazy. That's the reality so of it. And you guys on the East yeah. Coast, I always say you guys got it the worst, especially the, the worst. The Northeast is the worst for laws, and this makes sense once it comes out of my mouth, but you've been writing laws the longest. You're the first state. uh, You know, you were states before the Midwest and the West War, so you've been writing laws for the the longest uh, period of time, the most years, and all you can get every year is more regulated. Laws never go away. Um, They don't make less laws, and these legislators, they have to pass laws every year in order to say, hey, give me my, you know, big fat paycheck. Um, if they're not writing laws, they're not doing their jobs and they, sh- they can't say we need this job unless they're yep. writing. Yeah. Thank Absolutely. you, Jay Muller, for that super chat. We appreciate you. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Jess. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Cause like it, people that feel like just what you're saying, we've been around the longest. There is no private ownership of venomous snakes in new England because they regulated that crap right out. They were like, Nope, sorry, too dangerous. Yep. Can't do it. They needed, sorry. They needed something. I mean, that's the thing. They got to think of stuff every year. So, you know, it just, it just keeps coming down and, you know, every, it, it, again, your rights are whittled away every year and it doesn't matter what state you're in. Yeah, 100%. But anyway, anyway, let's <laughs> somebody, Rob, Rob, get your get your accent back or something. Let's, uh, <laughs> we're not supposed to talk Listen, about it. Listen, okay, we're going, up the mood full, a little bit here. we're going full tea party. That's it. We're going crazy. Oh, my gosh. 
<clears throat> so we're putting we're putting rattlesnakes in the in the palm. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Plausible deniability. Okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, my, gosh. my goodness. <laughs> So, Phil, um, have you noticed that there's a lot of reptile people moving to Texas right now? I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> confirm that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey. Uh, just something I've noticed. That's all I'm saying. Let's, let's, not, let's not make Texas aware of that possible action that may be occurring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be honestly. I I'd be interested. I mean. Because people talk about, oh, Texas is, so, Texas is so free, Texas is so free. And then Texas has got like, don't they have like three or four rattlesnake roundups still? Where they're like, yeah, let's kill all the snakes and paint their blood on the wall. Yeah, kill all the snakes. Yeah, it's people getting whittled down. But yeah, there are still some traditional rattlesnake roundups. Uh, and Texas people are like, oh, Texas will yeah. be safe to keep reptiles in. It's like, nah, man, they're afraid <laughs> of snakes down there. They're, they're afraid of that stuff. The one, I mean, one nice thing about Texas, they already do have a regulation on non-native venomous and uh, large constricting snakes. So um, there is already something in place. So, you know, when you already have some type of regulation, usually you don't see this kind of thing, but we're seeing something different here in North Carolina. But hopefully there'll be enough legislators who can, you know, go back and say, you know, this has been in place since 2009. I think there was actually a poisonous, and I'm not mis- not misstating that, uh, they had a poisonous a reptile ban in 2004 and then they changed it from poisonous to venomous when they redid the law in 2009. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, uh, Haley and uh, Natalie's reptiles for the super chats. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, this, this is ridiculous. It's just, it's getting really old really fast. Mm-hmm. I, but yeah, the I biggest just, thing to go back on what Rob said, you guys just stay informed. Uh, follow US Arc. Look at the alerts. Uh, we already have an alert for the state, which is kind of preemptive. But go ahead and do it. I mean, we lay it out. It's we do require you to copy and paste the email, but the reason for that is that's a lot more effective to do it that way than the real simple ones. I know we get asked all the time for those simple ten-second ones where you just put in your name and email, um, but those get caught up a lot more frequently in the legislator spam. spam. Yeah. Um, than they do if you actually copy and paste it and put it in your own email. So that's why we kind of stepped away from those. We still use them on occasion if we're rushed and we really want to make a lot of noise quickly. Um, but yeah, please do it. That I mean, honestly, it takes a minute, especially if you're on a computer, you can do it in probably 20 or 30 seconds. Um, but just copy and copy and paste our sample language. It tells you how to contact your legislators. Uh, we don't have a big, long email list yet because it hasn't been introduced or assigned to a committee yet. Um, usually, you know, there'll be like 15 or 20 legislators. This time there's only two, uh, the two senators that we know are going to support it right now. And then otherwise you just want to click the link, find out who your representative and senator are, and then just send them those emails. Yeah. And I I think that's, that was probably like the most important phrase right there is like being able to make noise in Mm -hmm. in these times where it's like, okay, something's happening. Like we gotta, we gotta let people know, you know, when we did this whole thing with Florida and South Carolina, just getting, getting the numbers that literally Mm -hmm. is sometimes just the most valuable thing, just showing up, you know, um, you know, even like I think with Florida, even after they had their two hour time period, the guy was like, oh, there's still, you know, 190 callers still in the queue. And it's like after two hours of phone calls, there's still that many people. And of course, we, we know that the outcome of Florida, unfortunately, but that's a notable like, hey, we've been on the phone for two hours and there's still almost 200 people that want to speak. You know, like those are the kind of things that make an impact, you know, and especially in a situation like something like this, you know, if you were to have them have public comments and then there's hundreds of people lining up to be like, hey, stop doing this. You're terrible. You know, (laughs) it makes it makes an impact, you know, and of course, there are those unfortunate circumstances where they already know what they're going to do before, you know, anything's even mentioned to the public. But those numbers sending in those emails showing up to the meetings or the zoom meetings um you know it it makes a massive massive difference and uh and i'm going to highlight this comment from from rich crowley here but we need to be civil in our interactions that is the most important important. thing ever i can't tell you how many times I want to shout expletives at these (laughs) (laughs) and it does but i don't no good but i don't it does no good you know, I mean, I, I think it's important to note that 
you know, when when we're talking to senators and, and legislators and stuff, they don't they don't know or care about really anything, just like Phil was saying, their job is to pass the laws. So they're not necessarily educated in everything that's happening. You know, they're making a quick decision or they just signed on to a bill. So you can go in there and tout all the facts, you know, and scientific evidence or my snake needs a 150 degree basking spot. And they're like, I, what the heck are you talking about? What is Zoomid? You know, like they don't understand any of that, you know, because that's their job is to look at, well, does this affect uh, interstate commerce does this affect jobs does this affect tourism. whatever tourism all these things those are their key words you know so if it gets spun to them or they can spin it off as like hey this affects this negatively it's my job to keep those things moving in a positive direction that's what they're going to do so the science doesn't necessarily mean as much the the uh, anger on our side doesn't necessarily do much you know they need to have you know, a, a normal conversation with somebody who can bring valid points to the table, uh, you know, in an appropriate way, which is why we're so lucky that Phil is is that guy, um, you know, because otherwise it just it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, they're not going to want to listen to you. You listen here, you piece of blah, blah, blah. They're not. They're going to be like, get the hell out. You're out. Get out of here. You're done. Yeah. They're the customer service rep that's just waiting for you to swear once so they can hang up on you. <laughs> The second a swear comes out of their mouth, they're like, oh, sorry, goodbye. And they just hang up on you quick and they just disregard everything that you say. So it's so uh, important it's that you just reel it in, just push it down, figure out what you want to say, keep it concise, keep it short, because the longer that you go, they're going to start to look at their phone and get distracted. And when's my lunch coming up? I wonder if my wife did my laundry. Yeah. I don't have a wife, but I wonder if my laundry's <laughs> getting done. Like they, Their mind goes someplace else. So short, concise, keep it polite. Uh, hit the critical points, like hit the things that are important to talk about if you can, and put a little bit of your own personal stuff in there just how it might affect you personally because all all that makes a difference yeah rich is absolutely right actually in every us arc alert there's always a disclaimer in there to always be civil and professional when you're talking to lawmakers um even in our uh, town hall meeting post it says it, it says it right there make sure that you're civil and professional because if you get on there and you're a uh, Jackass, I think I can cuss on this podcast. Yeah, you can, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be just like the guy who's playing with a cobra in his in his driveway. You're going to make us look bad, and the worst thing you can do is 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 make the community look bad. So don't do it. Yeah. Be civil and professional. Uh, we mm -hmm. tell you what to say, and you know I always mention emails because that's what most people are comfortable with. But quick phone calls too. That those are crucial. I mean, to do make a phone call and send an email again, you're taking two or three minutes out of your day. If you don't care that much, then you shouldn't have the animals to start with. But uh, anyway, uh, just just call your legislator and say, you know, I I'm against animal bans and make it that simple. Um, but yeah, phone calls are a big part of this too. It's certainly not just sending out an email. That's certainly helpful. Um, but you know, try and do all the steps that we put in our alerts. Yeah, and a lot of people think that uh, oh, what what is a phone call going to do? But honestly, um, it, it can make a big difference. I remember when um, I think it was when HR six six nine was being passed. I was making phone calls like left and right. And like a lot of the places they would, it would be their secretary and they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like they'll, they'll call you back maybe, or if they have time or whatever. But I actually got called back by a lot of the representatives. And like, I was in college at the time. So like I'd get a phone call in the middle of class and I'd like jump out of class real quick. And I'm talking to them <laughs> and they're like, is this Rob Christian or something about some sort of animal ban? And I'm like, yes, let me spew <laughs> words at you for a minute and a half. And I got to go back to my class, but it matters to me. So please like just. Take it into consideration before you do anything crass, because this is going to affect thousands upon thousands of people. And, you know, people don't think about that sort of stuff. But if you can talk to them directly, it matters so much to just have that voice to voice interaction, because on the Internet, if you're just on a screen and you're just like a, an email or whatever, a lot of people take that and on and on in me. Anonymity. <laughs> Sound it out, buddy. <laughs> the being anonymous, okay, um, and they basically just completely disregard it. Like they just kind of write it off. But when you can have a voice to voice, like talking to someone, conversation, it makes so much more of an impact. I know not everyone wants to talk to someone on the phone. 
Um, and not everyone is gonna, they're like, I don't know what I would say. Just say that you don't support it and just say, hey, look, I'm a person. I matter. Uh, you know, if you were visited that state or if you were thinking about moving to that state or something, you know, just make it relatable and let them know as a human being that lives in this country right along with them that this is not something that you support and you think that they should reconsider and think about it deeper before they go around just banning things. Yeah, and certainly the legislators, they want to hear from their, first their constituents, but yep. they want to hear from, so we're talking about North Carolina, they want to hear from North Carolina residents. Uh -huh. um, so obviously that matters most, but I mean, anybody can call in and especially the call in, a lot of times they, they won't even ask to say, you know, I, <laughs> I'm a reptile keeper and I don't support a ban on reptiles. And that, that may be all they ask because usually at minimum, the staffers will tally stuff. And I guarantee you the other side is doing this. So in lobbying, there's a, there's a saying you hear pretty often. It's the world is run by those who show up. Yep. So if the only oh people goodness. that show up in North Carolina are the people who want to ban, the ban's going to pass. It's that simple. Yep. If, yeah. if we step up and say we don't want it and there's more of us saying we don't want it than those saying that do want it, it won't pass. It pretty much comes down to that usually. And honestly, you know, Jeremy talked about Florida a while ago. So I've been doing this over eight years now. That was the first time that there was that many people who kind of showed up that something passed. So, I mean, for that to happen once in eight years is, I mean, that really shows that numbers do matter. Yeah. And Florida yeah. had already predetermined. They were doing all of these meetings and stuff as a performative, as a, oh, look, we're listening to you. But they literally already had all of their, the way that they're going to push things right. through. They had everything all sorted out. They did not really care about what was, what was going through. And that's not the case in most states. Yeah, absolutely. I want to just highlight this comment real quick because we talked we talked about Natalie not not that long ago. Um, <clears throat> Natalie at the local shows uh, is at the U.S. Arc table at her local shows, getting people to uh, learn more about U.S. Arc and sign up for U.S. Arc. So thank you, Natalie, for continuing to do that. Definitely appreciated. Yeah, that's something we're still working on, and obviously anybody talking about U.S. Arc is helpful and. You know, especially in a state like North Carolina, there really hasn't been any issues. So people don't know about us. Um, you know, obviously, if we've done work in a state, helped a state or a city uh, stop a ban, people know about U.S. Arc. Um, yeah. And we don't attend any shows in North Carolina. So, you know, they don't they don't uh, see U.S. Arc booths or or myself at any of those shows. So anything you can do to help out um, is greatly appreciated, um, even if it's just sharing the alerts on social media. You know, that's all that's all great stuff. And that's free. That's something you can do to help out. That's that's totally free to do. Absolutely. There's a bunch of different ways to get <clears throat> um, to get the word out there, you know, so there's really no no reason for uh, for people to just be sitting around and be like, well, I don't know what to do. It's li literally just <laughs> share it's right it. there. Share it. It's right. There. It's, it's in right your there. face. There's, there's another voice. Jeremy's got a voice, too. Oh, oh, I've got plenty, plenty of voices. I work for the voice master, Phil. Come on. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's right. You do. <laughs> oh, got man. it through diffusion. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so our, our, I'm, I'm not looking at any uh, actual text. I'm just staring at things on my phone. Um, so we've got uh, what's going on with uh, with Florida as of current like what what are some things that us arc has kind of happened yeah, so yeah we've we've uh us arc and us arc florida have spent a lot of money and or yeah a lot of money in florida the last two years so a law passed last year um we actually filed a lawsuit we got the law repealed um but then fwc which is the florida fish and wildlife conservation commission uh they went ahead through rulemaking um so that was a process took over a year and a half and they actually passed a rule that banned so it's a ban on green iguanas, just green iguanas, a species, not iguanas that are colored green. <laughs> so <laughs> green iguana is an actual species, iguana, iguana. It banned all species of tegu. And then it banned what was already a conditional species in Florida. So that's most of the big snakes and Nile monitors. And yeah, they moved them. I mean, all, all those species are prohibited now. So um, that, that, that's what's going on. We still have a lawsuit. Um, going on we had a hearing on july 2nd and we got some limited injunctive relief um so any, any injunctive relief is is obviously a win um but that lawsuit carries on we probably won't have another hearing on it till november or december at the earliest mm -hmm. um, but that lawsuit is still underway in, in florida 
that's good. And I, I think that sorry, Rob. Um, <clears throat> I think that's one of the things that people also sometimes forget, especially when uh, the outsiders who aren't necessarily informed outside of the alerts or, or anything like that are like, this thing just popped up, and now in a matter of time, it's it's like passed, and now like I don't know what to do. And then any sort of repeal or 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 you know steps steps to to fix what's happened takes time, you know. Um, so exactly like you, you said, you know, the soonest you might get to the next step is the end of this year, you know, so it doesn't mean that, that the work is over. It just means, you know, you're, you're working, you're a slave to the time, just like anybody else trying to do anything similar. Um, so that's, that's another one of those reasons why it's so important to be informed and be on top of like, make sure your membership to US Arc is is there. Make sure you're donating to US Arc because the money is still getting spent, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and I don't know what our percentage is. Um, I mean, obviously, well, we're talking about Florida and a, a battle we didn't win down there to stop that regulation. But I mean, it's it's well over 90% of alerts that we put out, we end up stopping uh, those actions from happening. Um, so certainly, hopefully, people see the value in, in US Arc and. You know, it's kind of like sometimes I compare it to insurance. You know, you, you hate paying your insurance every year, but it's awful nice if your house burns down. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, maybe you're in a state like North Carolina and you've been or South Carolina. We'll do that since we just stopped a ban down there. Um, maybe you've been paying dues to US Arc for the last 10 years and you're like, why the heck am I giving them 20 or 40 bucks a year? Where is this going? And then we come in and we stop a ban. Um, so that's if we weren't there. And especially in South Carolina, that's a perfect example. That was the end of session. Um, even if we hadn't stopped that ban, at least there would have been an opportunity because of US ARC, because of the way that went down in South Carolina at the end of session, that thing would have passed less than a week after it was announced and yep. South Carolina residents never would have known about it. Um, it yep. would have gone through the process. It would have been a law. They would have found out about it like a month later, um, you know, when the, a new law became effective or something. And that's something I was pointing because you never know if you're going to win or lose, especially when it's a, you know, venomous reptiles, which is kind of hard to stop sometimes. Yeah. Um, but you know, at least we, we made, uh, residents aware of that and then we ended up stopping it. Um, but again, it's, if we weren't around, that would have passed. Nobody would have known about it and they would have been, been criminals in a few weeks. And, and that's super important is that, that timeline, because a lot of these laws, when they get pressed through and they're not feeling any opposition to it, they're like, Oh, there's nothing. It's not really gonna affect anybody. So let's make the timeline super short. So in a month, in six weeks, like four to six weeks, you could become a criminal, and even on that sort of timeline, people who have built up their lives to have a collection of reptiles, like I think about Willie from Venom Central. Mm. Um, what did they? What is he going to do in six weeks with an entire collection of venomous snakes? Like, you just found out that everything in your house is about to be illegal. Uh, you have to find out where, what you're going to do with them in six weeks, or the state is going to come in and euthanize everything. Yeah, what absolutely. are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to find a new house in this market right now and move <laughs> right now? Is that what you're telling me? In six weeks, you would be able to do that? I know people who have been looking for a house for literally a year and they're not even able to get one. Mm -hmm. And because yeah. if, if people were not paying attention, if people were not, if US Arc wasn't here alerting people to what's going on, literally that could have happened. And people yeah. are still complaining. Oh, well, I don't know where my money's going with U.S. Arc. I don't know. Uh, I'm not seeing complete transparency. It's like, are you not seeing the proof in the pudding here? Are you not or are you just like blind? And and we have all our uh, IRS 990 forms posted on our website, by the way, yeah. for anybody wondering what our financials look like. It's all right there. It's required for 501c6 nonprofit association. So, yeah. And uh, even I understand money's tight for some people, especially right now, the last couple of years, at least yeah. get the newsletters. It's free. <laughs> Go to the free. website, yeah. uh, type in your email address, free. Boom. They come to your inbox. <laughs> it takes five seconds. Yep. Yeah, Knowledge is free. Unless the you only thing college. it's costing you is time. That is the only thing that it's costing you. Yeah. That's yeah. It. And time, time is just an investment. Yep. So it, it's, it's a wise investment to, uh, to keep yourself in the know, especially if it's something you care about, you know, and, and if you don't care, then you shouldn't have these animals. Now, what are you doing? You know, yeah. there's no reason for you to be here. It's just simple. Yeah, as that. Especially no reason to complain if something passes. I mean, I know yep. <laughs> even in Florida, I mean, there were so many people that had these animals. That, I mean, I, I never heard from them. They never contacted USARC. They may be online, you know, complaining about this stuff. But 
you know, they, they didn't take action. We didn't know about them. Uh, they didn't tell us how many animals they had, you know, stuff like that, you know, unless we know uh, what's going on. Um, and, and that may, unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately, but we do have limited resources. So obviously if we know there's a lot of people affected in a certain state, um, even if it's some regulation that we think may not really be affect anybody, if we start hearing from people, then obviously we'll throw more resources at something. And especially the last two years when we got fires all over the place, um, you know, we got to kind of focus energy where the most members are, are, are going to be affected. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the part of the job that I do not envy at all is having to make that decision, you know, cause it sucks everywhere, but yeah, sometimes you have to, you have to make those decisions of like, well, that's some more intense. So, you know, yeah. and, that, and that's why there's a U.S. Arc Florida now. I mean, some one year I was I flew to Florida 12 times. I mean, which was just crazy on top of all the other places I had to be. Um, so U.S. Arc Florida, you know, they so they're about two years old now. They are a separate 501c6. They're registered. Um, the money's all separate. Um, I'm not on the board, but I am a consultant uh, for U.S. Arc Florida and still do work, do work for them. Uh, not paid work, but <laughs> just part of the, the U.S. art gig. But, you know, we knew Florida was going to be seeing stuff every year. And that's why U.S. art Florida formed. And, you know, a lot of states say, um, even South Carolina said it, you know, they said, let's let's do a South Carolina arc. And unless you're in a situation like Florida where, you know, stuff is going to be a constant. I don't really think you need a state arc or whatever you want to call yourself. The The best bet for those states where you may see stuff is honestly just have a good herb society. Um, yeah. get, a good, get a good herb society and just get those emails and all those contacts out so that if something comes up in your state, you can share the U.S. ARC alert. You don't need some separate organization because the problem is it fizzles out and dies. Um, yeah. So before I came along, there was a there was a Louisiana ARC. Um, there was a, I think there may have even been a South Carolina ARC. There was a Pennsylvania ARC. Um, and, you know, they all fizzled and died because they were kind of started because there may have been one bill introduced. Um, but then that was it. And there was no more bills for years. And, you know, those organizations just go by the wayside. So, again, just just get a, a good and one that's active. Just get a good active herp, herp society um, and just be prepared to share stuff if if an alert comes up. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and because uh, a lot of people look at the uh, the arc portion of it and they're saying, oh, well, we're just going to, you know, we're going to fight this legislation, blah, blah, blah. And like you're saying, it kind of fizzles out. But if you are focused on having a active and engaging herb society, you can do education, you can do outreach, you can have all these different things. It's not just when it's bad. I mean, you could theoretically do that with a, uh, an arc, you know, a state arc. But. I think people are more likely to get engaged if they if it's a if it's a herb society. It's just what it is. For, at least from what I've seen, uh, you know, the herb societies are able to get a collection of people together uh, who are interested in these sort of things. Put on educational programs, have guest speakers, have things that draw people in. And even if people don't come to every single meeting, you still get a solid community of people who are connected together who can. Um, spread the word if something like this happens, because like we were saying, there's not everyone has heard of us arc if they did not, if they're not plugged into the reptile community and if they haven't, they didn't know that there was an alert or something going on in their state, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you nailed it. I mean, but, and you got to stay active, you know, the same yep. thing can happen to a herb society. Like I said, was happening with some of the state arcs. You can't just start a group and then not have regular functions and not have regular meetings. Uh, you got to stay active and keep people engaged. And, Quite a few states now even have a, a government affairs person on their in their herb societies. Mm -hmm. um, so they'll have one person who kind of takes that role and maybe uh, gets alerts from whatever wildlife agency that state has. Or, you know, they're making sure they're watching for any U.S. ARC alerts or something like that. But, you know, that can just be rolled into a herb society, too, and get one person say, hey, you need to, to watch government affairs issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many different ways that you can make it happen. Yeah. Uh, mm. Dude, it's 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 tiring. <laughs> Phil, you are a superhero. It's true because oh Even my goodness. The <laughs> As, that could that could be like a cape. Maybe I need a U.S. Arc Mumu. That'd be the that'd be so, our our version. Our version for the. I'm just saying for the Daytona auction. I'm just saying I could probably have Maria Mar make him a US Arc banana hammock. Yes, yes, for <laughs> for the, oh, for the, the auction. Go ahead and say let's go with the Moo Moo. 
Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh boy. Uh, that's too good. I mean, if somebody else wants to wear it, that's fine, but it's not. It's oh, I'm not, rocking it. It's not I'm gonna be me. <laughs> Rob, Rob is the, the new Vanna for the tin I'm, I'm also yeah. not sure, I'm also not sure that's gonna be good for US Arc if we have a <laughs> logo in dynamics. <laughs> I think Bob Vu would wear it. How much you want to I'm bet? just I yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd put I'd put money down on that. Actually, I, we could probably get Bob to do that. <laughs> oh boy! Oh lordy! Um, <laughs> I'm gonna bring up this comment really quick. Natalie wants to know how how can uh, we make an official US Arc table at shows with US Arc signs and merch. Yeah, you can contact US Arc. Um, we're always happy to send it to people. It really depends on the show. So, for example, if it's a if someone has a monthly show or even a bi monthly show, um, it's good to do it. Set up a US Arc table maybe once or twice a year. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I hate I've had so many volunteers who just kind of fizzle out because, especially if there's a monthly show in your area, people aren't going to come by every month. Um, you know, you'll get a bunch of people the first time or two either signing up for memberships or buying shirts. Um, so really it depends on the situation, but yeah, we're happy to work with anybody. The, the problem we run into is try and get us some type of credentials <laughs> because yeah. we can't have, you know, you always got to look, you know, sim- I'm not going to say professional, but um, you know, you can't be showing up in su- some, some guys may be upset, but no girls in super short shorts and, you know, tank tops with cleavage down to the belly button, you know, look like you're representing the <laughs> U S Mark and uh, um anyway so you should dress a certain way and obviously there's going to be money exchanging hands so it's got to be you know somebody that we know someone can vouch for um because mm-hmm. unfortunately we've actually had people scamming off a of u.s arc um we've had we've got people set up at a uh, park in san diego at a ball python and they had a jar for u.s arc and we, we found out none of that money was going to u.s arc they were actually approached by a couple oh, reptile God. people and these reptile people were known enough that the people with the ball python and the u.s arc jar recognized them from across the park grabbed the jar and took off running Wow. Um, and, and we've had some similar stuff at some of the, uh, and I'm not saying anything at smaller shows, but you know, uh, you know, at some of these shows too, we've had people, you know, pop up and say they were collecting money for you. And the same for us, Arc Florida. And, and you know, the organizations have never seen that money. So just, you know, keep on communication with us if you're going to do that and then we'll, we'll figure it out. So um, the emails on the website is just info at usarc.org. Um, and then we can get something set up for some people who want to do that because it's certainly appreciated. But I'm just saying it's we we can't just dilly dally start throwing out, hey, this person's setting up at this show, and then you know not right. having being in communications with those people. Yeah, absolutely for sure, absolutely. <clears throat> just making sure. Uh, are there any um, other states or any alerts on the horizon that you think are critical that people should be paying attention? I mean, they're all important, but is there anyone that's uh, kind of coming up rapidly that you think people should be paying attention to right now? Yeah, right now it's, it's North Carolina is really it. And again, we may not see anything this session, but so legislative session and tax season are usually about the same. So usually it's January through late March when you see most of our alerts coming up, that's for the state level. Anything can pop up at the city or city or County level. And also anything can pop up through the state wildlife agency uh, through rulemaking. But usually most of our alerts are that January through late March. So you know, this time of year is usually pretty slow. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> slow is good. <laughs> uh, and then I, I don't know if, if there was an update, um, but I get people constantly asking me now about New York's um, proposed animal transportation ban. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so New York is one of those states that has a year long session. Uh, but that ban was I mean, that was an early introduction January or February, not to say it may not get some traction, but it pretty much it fizzled out and died. So okay. we actually, it, it, it really helps when something goes beyond reptiles. So for instance, I, I contacted a agriculture organization and yeah. shipping day old chicks, chickens uh, through mm-hmm. USPS is huge money and mm-hmm. a whole lot more business than, than reptile land. So um, that agricultural group got on it. And, you know, when you get more groups, especially, uh, contact on some of this stuff. Like we've had 4-H groups step up, for example, um, and agriculture advocacies. And sometimes those people have political connections too, and you can really put the kibosh on this stuff real quick. So mm-hmm. um, we try and work with other groups like that as often as we can. 
So as of right now, that's that's not going anywhere. Not to say it may not pick up something, but really if they pass it, it, it would be easy to repeal because the a state agency can't tell a, a federal government agency that they can't uh, ship stuff across state lines. So to, to say that USPS can't do that is, is kind of just silliness on their part. <laughs> that's nice <good> try. <laughs> That just goes to show that they're just trying to push for regulations and they don't really care about what the actual practicality of it is. That And sometimes you get bills introduced that even the legislators know aren't going to pass, but they're doing it because they're getting a check a from statement. somebody. Yeah. Um, so there may be an animal rights group who says, hey, why don't you introduce this stuff? And the, the reason the animal rights groups want that to happen is because they'll make money on it, even if they're paying off a legislator to introduce the bill. And don't tell me that stuff doesn't happen because it does. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. then, the, then the animal rights groups can say, hey, we got this bill introduced. Look what we're doing to protect animals. Um, and they'll make money off of it. They'll say, send us money because these are the things we're doing. We got this legislation introduced here. Even if it doesn't pass, they can still talk about it. Yeah. And briefly, and I'll be brief again, animal rights, people need to understand it. I don't care if you're working with horses, dogs, cats, fish, birds. I don't care what it is. Your animals are being attacked and you need to understand what animal rights is. And that's a movement. It's the Humane Society of the United States. It's PETA. Unfortunately, it's the ASPCA. All those groups are working to remove your freedoms to keep animals as pets or even work with animals. So be aware of what the animal rights, uh, agenda. Animal rights agenda is. Yeah. Yeah, people do not understand how big of a role that they play behind the scenes. They really don't. And they're like, well, I just wanted to donate a little bit of money to help that sad puppy in in the commercial. And it's like none of your money is going to that. <laughs> that puppy, that puppy's sad because you gave your money. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> donate, donate to your local shelter, not to the national groups. Literally. Yeah, exactly. I wish people understood that because I, I talk to people on a regular basis that are like, well, what do you mean it doesn't go to my regular shelter? And I'm like your regular shelter does not see any money from HSUS, from ASPCA. They, they very rarely would ever see any sort of money from them. They do not care about that. That is not what your money goes for. If you care about your local animal shelter, donate your time. Go in there. Bring them food. Uh, bring them you know, cloth, like uh, blankets or towels, stuff that they can use, even if it's just torn up a little bit or something that's, you know, something that you might have thrown away. Uh, bring that in. Those sort of things help out animal shelters and help out animals in need. Uh, HSUS does not help your animals in need. They do not. They don't care at all. At all. It at goes all. to making commercials that make you feel sad. Exactly. It absolutely does. Yeah, it's less than 1%. If you donate to HSUS, if you gave $100 to HSUS, less than a dollar of that is going to end up at a local shelter. And HSUS runs no local humane society, zero. That's zero. Yeah. None. Yeah, it's just if, a name. It's a name they profit up, from. Yep. Yeah, I think if you looked them up, like the description of what, what they are is literally like a lobbyist group yep. or, or something. I think I saw that posted somewhere mm-hmm. and I was like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, the more you know. When it comes to this stuff, it's literally about just staying informed, like being aware. And I think that's like the biggest downfall of like the Internet, because we just see it somewhere posted on the Internet. And we're like, oh, it's got to be real because the Internet said so. And that's <laughs> that's just not real. Oh, boy. That's just yeah. not, that's just not it. Terror. Playing with Cobras in your driveway is cool. I saw it on the Internet. Dude, 100 percent. 100 percent. I don't know. I'm I'm ready to do it. <laughs> let's go let's meet up in a walmart parking lot halfway between indiana and and uh, new hampshire and we'll play with cobras in a walmart parking lot perfect that's what ohio yep. yeah is that ohio i don't know <laughs> then i feel like if we're meeting in ohio we got a better chance of meeting in a cornfield than we do a walmart that seems to yeah, be we'll, a general we'll meet up in pittsburgh perfect hey. so then maybe we can be playing with uh Garrett Harrell's retics instead of Cobras. Big snakes are just as well, it's kind of big snakes. snakes. Nobody's gonna watch that, man. It's gotta be a cobra. All we're doing it for is for followers and viewers, dude. Come uh, on. That's so real. Come uh, on, man. I need, to be, I need to be fake famous, guys. That's why I'm on social media all the time. Dude, yeah, well, we you can follow me on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram on I don't have accounts on any of these.com. <laughs> One eight hundred. This ain't real. One eight hundred. The fake Phil Goss. Yeah, one eight hundred. Phil's not here. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! If anybody tries to search any of these websites or call any of these phone numbers, <laughs> you've missed the point, guys. <laughs> you have missed the point. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I am uh, excited to say that Rob and I will see you at Daytona. Uh, at Daytona. Oh, wait, wait. I got to interrupt. So I, I just oh, yes. went off on that little tangent. It sounded like I was being a big meanie. If you're yeah. someone on any of those channels and you're doing stuff right and you're actually educating people, kudos to you. Um, we need more of that. Uh, we need more David Attenboroughs and, and less, uh, I, don't, I don't know, whoever, this TikTok guy, less of those. Um, but yeah, yeah, seriously, for those out there doing it right now, I, I realize some of it's got to be, you know, you got to get viewers and followers and all that stuff. So there is some sensationalism, but, you know, throw some education in there. So certainly kudos to everybody doing it right. So I didn't mean there was anything wrong with any of that social media stuff. That's just, that's, that's not who I am. Yeah. Back to Daytona. Sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, yeah. no, we're, we're, uh, we're excited. So Rob and I never go away. Well, that's not true. I go away, yeah, but Rob never goes away. I don't away. take time off to do things. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we will both be at Daytona, so we cool. we have to link up at Daytona. Um, maybe do maybe do a live podcast. That from would be awesome. Daytona. I will be uh, there. Not on Saturday. Saturdays are crazy. Yeah, that's, Saturdays that's are fair. crazy. That's fair. Yeah. But wait, Phil, you mean you don't want to spend an entire day just looking at ball pythons? <laughs> Hey, we got we got we got a little more Daytona than ball pythons. Um, okay, all right. Wait, let me let Tortoise. me sum up. I mean, Tortoise. okay. Listen, the last time I was at Daytona was 2014, but it was 90% ball pythons. Steve Tillis had bloods. Some guy had a leucistic kingorum, and that was pretty much the show. And uh, I think Graziani it's, it's might have had a little an alligator. Bit. I think I think you chose. Maybe that's why. That was probably the worst year in recent history. Maybe it's because oh, you were there. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm with you. So that used to be my vacation. I think I've been to the last 20 or 21 Daytona shows. Wow. Um, so I, I've seen it. I saw it when it was at the height. I remember the first year I went, there was three dozen people from Japan in front of me in line. And there was a line that that reached to Orlando. I mean, from Daytona. Oh, to I mean, it was just, it was nuts. So, you know, I saw it when it was crazy and you couldn't get to tables and uh, you know, you had to stand in place for 30 minutes just to get up to look at stuff at, at someone's table. And then, you know, it kind of declined because now there's so many shows in Florida. But honestly, the last three, four, maybe even five years, it's kind of been on an uptick. And, you know, there's still you get a lot of people who only set up at Daytona. Um, you don't see them at any other shows. Um, and there's a lot of turtle people if you're into turtles at Daytona. Um, so it, it's still a cool show. And you see stuff there that you don't see it at a lot of the other shows. I dig it. Well, now I'm even more excited. Yeah, I went so. last time I went was 2009, so it has been a minute for since I've been to yeah. the Daytona show. So yeah, it was and still it was still pretty darn good back when you were there last. So. Yeah, it was great because they had patternless Womas there. They was big basins Damn. and stuff, and then uh, Cryptic was there with a ton of stuff, and Keith McPeak was there set up with a bunch of stuff, and Mark Kirkpatrick and Matt Jablonski and like all a bunch of short tail guys. Do you know what? Okay, so here's really here's something that's like. Probably not not super relevant, but Rusi's <laughs> so dude, no no, it just blew my mind. It really blew my mind. So these bigger expos, the tables are freaking expensive, man. They're yes. like four, five hundred dollars a yep. table. So yes, if you get yep. like an end cap, it's like a couple thousand dollars for that end cap. And so like I think I was when I was there, I was like looking at all these different tables I'm walking around, and then all of a sudden I came up to this table and it's completely empty. Like just an empty table. And I was like, man, someone just didn't show up. And it's like, oh no, they showed up. They just put their business cards all over the table. Rusi's reptiles. Steve, Steve Rusis. Yep. Steve. Dude, he literally <laughs> bought a whole end cap, put tablecloths down, put his business cards. That's it. He didn't even didn't even vend the show. Damn. I was like, damn, that's that's crazy. That's so wild. I want to know what his numbers were after the show. Dude, <laughs> that's I, all I'm saying. I was impressed because I was he did he like didn't put a single display. It was just cards just on business table. cards. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I was like, wow, you dropped 3k to just drop business cards. That is wild. I think I think we need to have Steve on the show just to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, oh, Limey said he remembers that he had a late season. Oh, okay. 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 That's fair. That's fair. I was like, I was like, what is going on? Yeah. If you, if you never need answers, just uh, find Limey. Limey knows what's up. <laughs> oh, it's so true, man. We love you, Limey. Oh, I wanted Limey to come do the podcast, but you know, he's a, he's an old bastard, so he won't do it. <laughs> so you'll have, oh to go to, you'll have to go to Limey. 
Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Maybe we'll see him at Daytona. Maybe he'll be wearing one of the banana hammocks. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I'm telling you, Rob, you know what? I don't want to <laughs> see that. Blinded by the light. <laughs> so, Phil. Oh, Phil. Let's move on. I can't even, I can't even ask you this, this question. <laughs> Because well, I can ask you this question, but since you're not really uh, on social media, I don't know if you're going to have a, an answer for us. Um, the, the we ask every guest that we have on here one question at the end of our, our episode, and that is, um, what right now in the realm, the greater umbrella of things encompassing reptiles, what is something that's got you excited about reptiles? Be it something that you're doing, or something that you've seen other people doing, or something you saw on social media, which you don't have social media, so maybe you don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> but what is something that's got you excited about reptiles, or feeling good about reptiles right now? Feeling good about reptiles? I, I don't know. I mean, it's just uh, I always like to see new energy come into. Uh, the reptile community. So I don't care what, whoever, anybody who's putting out any kind of positive energy right now. So I just, I think with COVID, you know, you saw a lot more people getting on there and kind of doing educational stuff online. Um, it just uh, a lot more people couldn't get out and attend, whether it was a Herb Society meeting or whatever, but they found a way uh, to get it virtually done. And I think that was kind of exciting for the reptile community because um, all that stuff, you can go and look it up and watch it at any time. So I think that's going to get, it's going to, something that the reptile community has that like the fish and bird communities don't is we're constantly bringing in a new generation of people. Um, so that's why you can go to a, a reptile show and see people of all ages. Whereas, you know, and I'm not, not knocking on these guys, but if you go to an aquaculture and aviculture show, you know, it's uh, it's pretty hard to find anybody under 50 or 60 years old at those things because <laughs> there's there's no new generation coming in. So that's something that's always been great about the the reptile community is that, you know, there's there's always a little bit of new energy there. And anytime there's a spike in that, which we've definitely had in the last year and year and a half uh, to keep that new blood coming in, that that's just great. Yeah, man. But yeah, so I'm not I'm not calling out any animals. I mean, I'll, no, no, it so doesn't I'll, have to be. It literally doesn't have to be animals okay. at all. It doesn't yeah. because, like, literally, I've been doing this. This month has been bonkers when it comes to educational programs at Nerd. Yes. Like, I have been oh my nonstop gosh. doing programs. I did a library last night that I thought was going to be like twenty or thirty people. They're like, "Oh yeah, we have like twenty people sign up to do the program." It was like seventy-five people. We filled out the whole back like lot of their. Uh, like their um their lawn we basically filled out the whole area and then i've been doing like two and three programs almost every single day for the last couple weeks (laughs) and uh, and so um seeing so many kids excited about reptiles has been the most fulfilling thing because i watching these bands and just like staying inside just working all the time is like it can get draining but when you hand a kid a ball python and they're just like falling in love with this ball python, and then you hear them when they're leaving and they're like, mom, can we get a snake? We got to get a snake. I got to get a pet snake. <laughs> that is like the coolest thing ever. And I, I just posted, you're not on Instagram or Facebook or anything, but if you've got someone in your life who has got an Instagram or if you can get on the U S arc Instagram, go, it might, it might even be almost lapsed. But yesterday on the new England reptile account, I, after I did a program, I was like, Hey, I, because I was just seeing a bunch of kids who are excited about reptiles. I was like, Hey, look, if you have a kid that's into reptiles, tag new England reptile in the picture and I'll share it to our story. So we get a couple thousand people that see our story. So you're, if your kid likes watching our YouTube channel or you like seeing our YouTube channel and your kids like, you know, like being around it, take a picture of them holding their leopard gecko, holding their ball Python, doing whatever. And I'll share it onto the thing. And we got so many parents who, I think it was like 50 or 60 kids that all posted pictures of them working with their reptiles. And then when we reshared them, I got a bunch of parents who commented back and they're like, my kid is glowing right now because they're on the new England reptile thing. And they're getting, (laughs) they're getting a little bit of attention from all the the people who are watching the nerd stuff. And um, that was just like super exciting because I remember being a, a young kid and looking at stuff like nerd and like stuff like that. And just imagine being acknowledged by them. I'd just be like, Oh my God, this is the coolest thing on the planet. Like how often do you get like your favorite YouTuber, like person you watch on TV to get to, you know, say, Hey, you're doing something cool. So I just thought that was really cool. So we did that, but it might, there might be still some up there. I don't know. I know Instagram does like 24 after 24 hour hours, lives. it deletes it. So I don't know. Maybe we'll have to figure out a way to do one of those, like on the actual page itself or something like that. 
Yeah, we can probably figure that out. Something like that. Okay. Sweet. Well, dude. Phil, where should, if people want to find out more about US Arc, because they they don't need to know more about you, they just need to know more about US (laughs) Arc. Where should people go to find out more information? Yeah, super easy. It's USARK.org. USARC.org is our website. And we do have a Facebook page. It's got 125,000 likes or something on it, quite a bit. And uh, we did finally get an Instagram account. The reason there was a huge delay on that is because there's some account that has never even done an original post who owns that hashtag uh, USARC. There's an at USARC that someone already had on Instagram and we were trying to get that and we couldn't do it. So we finally got a USARC official. Um, yeah, USARC underscore official. So there, is a, there is a USARC page and we have a Twitter account too. So any of those, there are USARC accounts and that's, so I say I'm not on social media. I, I do that stuff, but <laughs> personal stuff, honestly, I don't, I never hop on my news feeds or look at any of that stuff. It's just not, not my deal, but yep. yeah. The dudes from the Herpeticulture uh, Network are on here. Thank you guys for dropping by and saying hi. Hey, what's uh, up, guys? Yeah, we're, we're just winding things down right now. But, uh, you know, make sure that you guys are supporting US Arc. If you yes. have not signed up and got a membership, you can get a cool freaking t-shirt like the one I'm wearing right now, That's which right. if you listen to the audio, you probably won't be able to see. But if you're watching the video, <laughs> you can see that I'm wearing a US Arc shirt right now. Um, right. And uh, if you are able to donate a little bit of money, you know, anything counts. Every little bit counts. Um, If you can donate time, if you can share the post from the US Arc website, if you can share it from their Facebook, from their Instagram, tag them. Uh, Whenever I'm wearing a US Arc shirt, I try and tag US Arc on Instagram to make sure that people see that they have an Instagram page to go check it out and see the alerts because the more that we share this information, the more effective we will will be able to be in fighting a lot of this legislation that's coming up. And we, like Phil was saying earlier, South Carolina got knocked out. We did it. We showed yeah, there, up. There was quite a few. We stopped uh, an animal performance ban in North Carolina this year. We stopped one in Oregon. So, yeah, there were quite a few. I mean, you can go to the US Arc page and look at the alerts. Um, and we, we update them. Um, so like the South Carolina one says it, it didn't pass, but yeah, there was quite a few things we stopped. And one, one little request, you're talking about what people can do. Daytona were pretty good, but anybody who goes to an NARBC or a reptile super show, USR can always use volunteers in our booth, especially on Saturdays. It's a heck of a lot of work to collect auction items and get set up for those auctions. So again, just shoot us an email or send us a message on Facebook um, we can always use extra volunteers, especially on Saturdays at any of those big shows that we attend. Hell yeah. Bam. Hell yeah, man. So we'll look forward to seeing you at Daytona. Yes. And a big shout out to the people who have been donating in the chat. We appreciate you, Jay Mullers, yes, uh, you. Uh, yes. Sound Pythons, uh, Jeff and Kendra. We got the Herpticulture Network. We got Limey in there, uh, Natalie's Reptiles. Thank you guys all so much. Rich yes. Crowley Reptiles, man. We appreciate all of you. Thank everybody for sharing this. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you share it with someone so that this information gets out there. We would like to do this more regularly with Phil. We appreciate it. Oh, boy. Listen, <laughs> why would you highlight that? Because That's terrible. It's true. No, stop it's that. True. Stop that. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, on that note, uh, yeah. I guess it, said blackhead. it said blackheads. It's people breeding blackhead pythons. Blackhead like pythons. Yes, They've got money to burn. That was an obvious autocorrect. There we yes. go. Thank you. They're yeah. on their phone. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. Yeah. I appreciate you. <laughs> I don't give a single <laughs> shit, guys. I'm saying what it said. Okay. <laughs> well, on that note, we're wrapping it up. <laughs> Wait, we, we can't we can't wrap up and I need some more of Rob's voice before we go. Oh, okay. True. Thank you so much for checking out the Reptile Talk podcast. We've been here live with Phil Goss from US Arc talking about pythons, North Carolina, the bands that have been going on, and how you can effectively fight these things. And we will look forward to seeing you at the Daytona Beach Reptile Expo in August 2021. We'll see you there.